0: Well into the sixth year of President Xi Jinping's signature initiative, Beijing is vigorously preparing to host the second Belt and Road Forum, that is the BRI, on 25th to 27th April 2019. The biennial Jamboree is likely to attract 37 heads of states or governments and representatives of around 150 nations, as per Foreign Minister Wang Yi. For the first time, Italy, a G7 country, will be participating as a beneficiary. Most leaders from South Asia, barring India and Bhutan, will also be present. But the celebratory mood is subdued due to mounting criticism of the predatory BRI deals that are trapping member nations into a debt web. Flushed with enormous funds, soaring ambitions, ample choos for manufacturing overcapacity and sluggish domestic demand, as well as being aware of the insatiable global demand for infrastructure finance, China believed that it had hit a gold mine in conceiving BRI. Former Foreign Secretary Sham Saran says that BRI provides the underpinning for Chinese strategic outreach. Worldwide, at least $1.5 trillion is annually required for infrastructure development and renewal. Notwithstanding some opacity, Beijing is said to have earmarked marked $300 billion in loans and grants till 2030, which are expected to generate projects worth $1 trillion US dollars. Some 65 countries have already signed into BRI, which is focused on South Asia and ASEAN nations, but includes Africa, Central Asia, Eastern and Central Europe, and the Caribbean within its sweep. Asia accounted for 39% of the contract value from January 2014 to June 2018, higher than Africa's 30%, according to Moody's Investor Service. China is investing heavily in Pakistan, its strategic ally, which inter alia gladly acts as its proxy against India. It has committed to infuse over 62 billion US dollars in loans and grants in the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, that is, the CPEC, to establish energy highways, agriculture, and connectivity projects in Pakistan. Some 22 projects worth $28 billion have already been completed since 2014, according to the Pakistani Ministry of Planning. While benefiting Pakistan, CPEC will also meet a key strategic objective of China to link its landlocked and turbulent Jingjiang province to Pakistan's Gwadar port on the mouth of the Arabian Sea. India sees CPEC as an assault on her sovereignty as it passes through her territory in Jammu and Kashmir under the Illegal Occupation Act of Pakistan aka Pakistan-occupied Kashmir. Neatly embedded in BRI is the Chinese game plan to gain access to a string of ports across the world. Their efforts to build ports around the world have a state national security element to each and every one of them. BRI is no different, cautioned the US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Earlier, China had grabbed US$1.5 billion Tota port on the southern coast of Sri Lanka on a 99-year lease under a controversial debt-for-equity swap when Colombo failed to service the Chinese loan. It is noteworthy that Chinese developmental loans typically carry a 4% annual interest rate for which 40 times higher than Japanese ODA loans. CPEC has indeed led to energy generation and job creation in Pakistan. It has lit up parts once plagued by blackouts. Yet, there is a growing resistance to Chinese projects despite Pakistan's pressing infrastructure needs. Balochistan, its restive province, where the Gwadar port is located, is already up in arms, having realised that CPEC is causing further exploitation and mostly benefiting other provinces. It has amended laws to freeze the sale of land to Chinese companies in Gwadar. Insurgents have carried out deadly strikes against Chinese targets in 2018, first a suicide attack on its engineers and then the storming of the Chinese consulate in Karachi. The other challenge is Pakistan's acute economic and financial crisis. Its foreign exchange reserves stand merely at $8.84 billion. Islamabad is knocking on various doors for bailouts, including IMFs. It is just not in a position to repay Chinese loans, installments of which would touch $5 billion US billion per annum by 2022. The consequences remain to be seen, but could lead to China taking control of its vital assets. Pakistan and other BRI nations have been greatly encouraged by China's sudden decision to slash the price tag of a Malaysian railway project by 30% to bring back the country into the BRI fold. Prime Minister Imran Khan, who is attending the BRI forum, is expected to ask Beijing to amend the terms of CPEC agreements to safeguard the Pakistan's interests. China's ill-advised move fully reinforces the criticism that the pricing of BRI deals lack of transparency and is governed by geopolitical considerations. Aware that countries like Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Laos, Cambodia, Philippines and Indonesia were facing financial constraints because of their overzealous involvement in the BRI, Malaysian Prime Minister Mahathir observed, Some countries see only the project and not the payment part of it. That's how they lose large chunks of their country. We don't want that. According to the Washington-based Centre for Global Development, nations participating in the BRI the default and loan repayments will be at the mercy of Beijing. Eight nations are now vulnerable to above-average debt. Djibouti, Kyrgyzstan, Laos, the Maldives, Mongolia, Montenegro, Pakistan and Tajikistan. In the Maldives, Mohamed Nasheed, former president and now an advisor to the new incumbent, disclosed that the Chinese ambassador conveyed to the incoming administration last year that Maldives owed them $3.2 billion, more than double the $1.3 billion amount of the official books. By any standard, this is a staggering figure, as the tiny nation's GDP is just $4.51 billion. In the recent period, countries across Asia have suspended, scaled back or terminated projects amid concerns over corruption, influence peddling, and rising debt. Myanmar, which owes 40% of its external debt to China, halted a $3.6 billion Chinese-backed dam five years ago and has now asked that a new port on the Bay of Bengal be slimmed down. As per Japanese Nikkei in Bangladesh, there is a quieter undercurrent of unease over the $24 billion pledged but not yet disbursed for BRI projects among the fiscal conservatives in the finance ministry who are loath to let the country's external debt swell. In 2017, Nepali Deputy Prime Minister Kamal Thapa announced the decision to scrape the $25 billion contract for a Budhi Gandaki hydroelectricity project, accusing the Chinese cooperation of financial irregularities. The new communist government is in the process of reawarding to CGGC after renegotiating the terms and modalities but without following a competitive bidding process. And finally, India, which has stayed clear of both BRI and CPEC. India's contention is that the connectivity initiatives must be based on universally recognized international norms, good governance, rule of law openness, transparency and equality and must be pursued in a manner that respects sovereignty and territorial integrity. This position is known to China. Even so, Beijing has tried several times to bring India around. A White House National Security Council spokesperson derived BRI as made by China for China and that indeed is the case. The projects are conceptualized by Chinese companies, contracts go to them, they bring in Chinese material, technology and workforce and of course, The profits go to China. There is no competitive bidding or independent oversight. Naturally, a backlash is inevitable. The message has since been heard by the Chinese leadership. A totalitarian regime, China will be hard-pressed to clean up its act. It would be tough to convince the world that BRI is not a new form of colonialism. China is trying to rethink a little bit of this. They know that some of these debt problems will explode at some point. Bloomberg News reports former World Bank President Robert Zolik as saying. However, to salvage its investments and prestige, Beijing has little choice but to come up with PRI 2.0 that is much more transparent and mutually beneficial.